The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, and we are year-round. And thankfully for that, because of this AAF that we've been diving into, making sure if you guys want to keep betting football, you can keep betting football. We're presented... Always by betonline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus today. We also make sure you follow Steve Fezzik, my co-host. Steve, hello. Thank you for coming. I'm going to tell everybody your Twitter handle first, at Fezzik Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Steve, of course, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Westgate Super Contest. He is the man. I am merely a former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, got a boatload of podcasts for you guys. We had yesterday our 1,000th Ross Tucker football podcast. 1,000. That's a lot of shows. That is a lot of on-demand audio content for you guys. But, hey, kudos. You deserve it. And we love doing it. We're going to do a 1,000 more. And here's how we get a chance to do it, by the way. By you guys not only listening, but spreading the word about the shows by telling people about them, by retweeting them when we all post them on social media or on on Twitter or like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We also continue to keep these going when you guys go ahead and use the promo code money at artofsport.com because then you get 50% off the trial kit and free shipping. It's better for you products that perform better. I'm rocking Art of Sport deodorant right now. I used Art of Sport shampoo. 
this morning, I will say this. I have been using another brand. I've been using, I think it's like Right Guard. I've been using Right Guard for a long time for my deodorant. And then I got this Art of Sport. It's better. It's better. It stays on better than, than the Right Guard did. There's no question in my mind. And so they've got really good stuff. It's just better. Like a lot of times, a lot of my sponsors, they're just higher quality, like Saks Underwear or whatever. That's what Art of Sport is all about. It's time to give your skin what it needs to smell, look, and feel its best. You're not like being a pretty boy. You're just being smart. Use the promo code MONEY at artofsport.com. It's a free trial kit. So they give you like, you know, medium or small sized packages of a bunch of their different things. You try it and decide if you want to buy more or not. Free trial kit or 50% off the trial kit. Uh, over at artofsport.com using that promo code MONEY, which is so money. All right, so Steve, I'm always excited to talk to you, but I got to tell you, I am especially excited about today's guest because he not only listens to every RT Media podcast, but he's a total stud over at tuckheads.com and all year, Steve, he graded us with his own grading system that we will get into uh, in a little bit, which was amazing. His name is Sean Grady, and he lives in Newcastle, Australia, two hours north of Sydney. Sean, what time? So right now it's 1124 a.m. Eastern on February 19th. It's 8.24 a.m. Pacific out in uh, on February 19th for Steve Fezzik out in Vegas. What time is it where you are right now? Yeah, good day, Ross. So it's just gone 3.25 a.m. on Wednesday, the 20th of February. And so I'm, I'm hiding out at my parents' place this afternoon, so I'm not waking up my children and making my wife unhappy. 3.25 a.m. That is amazing. What are, what's the future like, dude? Uh, it's, it's very dark and it's actually rainy. So it's, uh, it's been a nice change. We've been having 40 degrees Celsius days here lately. So I don't know what that is for you guys. Uh, around a hundred, maybe a bit hotter. So it's actually nice and cool now. So you also have, um, if people listen to the Ross Tucker football podcast, your wife is amazing. And she emailed me <laughs> to, to give you a shout out, uh, a week ago on February 13th which was your birthday, happy birthday. And I can tell from your profile picture on tuckheads.com, you have pretty much the cutest little boy I've ever seen. What's his name and how old is he? Yeah, so I have a little boy, Noah, who's five. He's just started school. And I probably should update that profile picture because I have possibly an even cuter daughter named James, who's just turned two years old. That is amazing. Okay, well, speaking of amazing, I just can't believe how many time zones we're jumping through right now for this for this conversation. This is incredible. The things that you end up doing when you decide, hey, we'll just start a podcast at some point. So we got to know, we got to know, Sean. I mean, obviously, you're really into the Even Money podcast because you uh, you send the updated results every week over on Tuckheads, just like Todd Bergman emails me. So. How did you first get into any of my podcasts? And I guess, how did you ever get into the NFL in the first place? 
Okay, so I pro- I first got into the NFL probably in the early 90s when I was probably six or seven. Um, my dad was and is a big Bills fan. So I have memories of as a child of him watching a few unfortunate Super Bowl losses. Um, and then as things progressed, I, I sort of started following the Packers, remembering um, Packers Super Bowl win, um, mid-90s. And then, like a lot of people, especially a lot of NFL fans in Australia, uh, it was just playing Madden and had a bit of a routine every Friday afternoon with the best mate. We'd try and run up the score on each other playing Madden for a couple of hours uh, before we headed out for the night. And since then, I've, I've basically been hooked and been following really closely for about 15 years now. I love it. Now, I, I got to ask you before we move on to that, what what are your favorite Australian sports in order, and and do you do you wager on them? Like, give me give me the uh, your top three or four Australian Australian sports in order. So I, I I really enjoy rugby league, and and our fantasy season's just about to kick off. I've got my draft for that tonight, so I dedicate a lot of time to that. Um, I also follow the other other codes of football, so soccer. Um, my son and I are season members of our local team. Um, and then during summer, like pretty much every Australian, I just love the cricket. And um, it's amazing to think that we have test matches over here and the match goes for five days. And we had one that finished in three this year and, and everyone complained that three days wasn't long enough for one game of cricket. So I spent a lot of time watching, watching and playing sport. I, I would do it all the time if I could. Wow. All right. So did you say rugby league or rugby union? Rugby league. Yeah. Why do you prefer rugby league over rugby union or Aussie rules? Um, so uh, especially when it comes to rugby league and Aussie rules, it basically depends where you're born. Um, where I am on, on the east coast in New South Wales and north of us, Queensland, basically people follow um, rugby league. And as you head down south to Melbourne and even out west, you end up being born into an Aussie rules culture. And um, I guess my dad's a a very diehard – our team's the Parramatta Eels, um, who is actually a team of Jared Hayne, who came over to the NFL a few years ago. Um, And I just inherited that off him. I like it. Okay. So is your team the Bills or the Packers? I missed that. Uh, my old man supports the, the Bills, and I support the Packers. Well, I think, I mean, I, I love the Bills, but I think you got the better end of that deal so far. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so um, is, is gambling a big deal in Australia? It is huge. I think I remember reading not that long ago that we're one of the largest gamblers per capita. Um, well, and, and I think also part of that is gambling is so accessible for everyone over here. Um, obviously, you'd be hard to find people without um, maybe a, a betting app, especially your major demographic of, you know, those young males from sort of 18 to 35 are all gambling online. Um, you know, it, horse racing is quite big over here as well. And, um, I think with with the sports betting, especially things like uh, the NFL and NBA, that, that's how a lot of people 
seem to get into those sports over here. Um, and I think one of the ways those the, the betting companies get us into it is a lot of them offer free coverage um, of the sports, especially the NBA. One of my, my betting apps lets me watch NBA games for free because otherwise I'd be paying, you know, couple of hundred dollars for a season pass so that's kind of how they they get people into the sports as well wow that's really interesting steve what do you know about the accessibility in australia and or have you ever bet on any Austra- any any australian sport the only one i bet on is i have a book that deals live wagering in australia and i don't even have a feed i just I have a, a feed for the score, and there are certain situations that work in the end game in basketball, so I will play on that. I will say this. I take a look at the live betting on cricket, and, Ross, it's not unusual to see things. Um, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. The score will be like 121 to zero, and I don't understand cricket at all. Yeah, so especially the, the test matches. So when they go for, for um, uh, five days, both teams get two chances to bat. So... At one point, one of the teams could be up by you know anything from 300 to 500 runs, so they're ahead by a lot. But it's just because the other team hasn't had had their chance to to uh, get into bat yet. What about Steve? Your thoughts on the accessibility there in Australia that Sean talked about? Well, the first thing that I noticed was he was saying the demographics: the males age 18 to 35. So gambling's legal at 18. I take it, Sean. You can have your own account at 18. Um, you can actually have an account younger than 18 if your parents are happy to sign you up. So it's just, it's, it's, it's so much a part of our culture, especially we have a big horse race, the Melbourne Cup in November. And even when you're five years old starting at school, you're sort of introduced to, to uh, gambling because every classroom in, in Australia will hold, hold a sweep and every child brings in their 50 cents or $1.00 to enter that sweep. So you're introduced to gambling, even on horse racing, so, so young. I'm just That's incredible. I don't know how to comment. Ross, thoughts? That, it, it's just unbelievable. I mean, it really, it really is. Um, and one of the things that's especially cool about you, Sean, not only that you're from Australia and you listen to all of my podcasts, but also that you got up at 3 a.m., local times that you could be on the even money podcast which is incredible but you also went ahead and you graded us in a different way than todd bergman so we talked all year about how many units we were up or in my case down for the season as well as the best bets we would frame it as 20 out of 45 or 22 out of 50 or whatever the case may be i wanted to get your thoughts though and go over some of your uh, results and how you graded us to make sure I understand it. So for overall, I my outlay for the year was 251 units. For Fezzik, it was 160. Now, is that units or just bets? That's units. Yeah, 251 okay, units. Okay, that's units. So 251 units for me. 169 units for Steve, 45 for the best bets. And that seems low because I thought we had like 45 best bets. So wouldn't we have, wouldn't the outlay have been more like 60, 70, or 80 units? 
Yeah, so basically I, I just graded the best bets at one unit each because often, you know, if if you were putting two units on the bet and Steve only put one unit, it was just easy to call the best bet one unit's outlay each time. So that means so effectively with a 40-unit return on a uh, 45 outlay is your, your stat of 20 out of 25 best bets. Got it. Okay. So then the return for me was 242, 176 for Steve, 40 on the best bets. So I was down nine units as we know. Best bets were down five units as we know. Fezzik was up seven units as we know. But what I like about what he has, Steve, is he has the ROI. So the return on investment for me was down 2%. You were up 4%, Steve. The best bets were down 11%, you know, given the outlay and the return. And then for the strike rate, I was at 46%. Steve was at 52%. And the best bets were at 44%. Do you want to go over, Sean, for the people that might not have understood that or get that, what the ROI percentage was and the strike rate percentage? Yeah, so... The ROI percentage and strike rate are just two different ways of grading things. So I'll just go strike rate first. So your strike rate of 46% for you, Ross, is just purely the number you got correct. It it doesn't take into account uh, how many units you put on each bet. It's just purely how often do you get your picks right. Uh, and then the ROI percentage is just another way of quantifying um, you know, uh, uh, how much you've won. So... For example, Steve's in the positive because he's come up that that seven units out of 169. So basically, a 0% ROI would mean you've come out even for the year. 100% ROI, you've doubled your money. So it's just just a nice, quick, easy way of seeing how you're going. And then the strike rate? The strike rate. That's uh, what you said about just the the percentage, the percentage of time you get it right. Steve... Which of those two, because we never talk about it in those terms, which of those two interests you more? And, and tell me about the value that you find or don't find in strike rate percentage and ROI percentage. Sure. And I did look at the whole document, so I have, I have several um, observations. But, yeah, the the fact that I hit 52% and wound up profiting seven units shows that I waited my better my best plays correctly because obviously 52 percent is not enough to win you need to go ahead and hit 52.4 percent but what i did find eye-opening to me is when i reviewed the document ross i saw that you wound up negative on prime time games by minus 20 units and i think a lot of that is you want to please the listeners on a Sunday night and a Monday night game. You want to have action for them. And I think maybe you reach too much on the prime time games, and that's why you had a negative year. Also, another observation, and not surprising to me at all, that my biggest profitable centers, if you will, were on teasers, props, and totals, areas of betting that I feel you the better has a bigger edge over the odds maker than trying to bet against NFL sides arguably the hardest thing to beat when you're gambling. Yep, Steve, I think that's a good point. And, and Sean, um, this is amazing. This document's amazing. The research you put into it is amazing. He has it, you know, we talked about the all bets, but he has those same percentages and numbers 
for when we bet the line only, for when we did the total, for when we did teasers and props, and for when we did leans, as well as the primetime games and non-primetime games. It is interesting, Steve. For 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock kickoffs, I was up 17 units. You were up 10 units, and the best bets were up 2 units. So we did much better in 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. And the funny thing is, and Sean, I want you to comment on this, but so, Steve, Sean is on Tuckheads, so we communicate, you know, every week, every, every, almost every day. I, you know, I'm on Tuckheads going back and forth with the folks on, in that community, which I love. Highly encourage you guys, by the way, to, to try it out over at Tuckheads.com. And every week, Sean would beg me, Steve, to not bet the Thursday night game. Beg me. Because not only was I bad in primetime, I was especially bad on Thursday nights, right, Sean? Yeah, so I guess that's another advantage for everyone to come and join on Tuckheads because we talked about this very early on. A trend started establishing that Thursday nights were, were just killing you every single week. So even though I've, I've broken down and said, so, you, you know, you, you lost 20 units on, um, Thursday, on in the primetime games and only hit you know, a 30% strike rate for primetime games. When you look at that just individually on Thursday night games, your strike rate drops down to 16.7%. So you only had two correct picks for Thursday night games the whole season. So that, that includes like, so two wins, nine losses, and one push on all your Thursday night bets combined. And it was pleasing to see probably for the last four or five weeks of the season, you started to stay away from Thursday nights, which was which was which definitely helped your 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 unit total. Right, but if you remember on Tuckheads, what I said to you is I go by I go by you know what I see and what I think, and I almost didn't want you I didn't want that to cloud my judgment in case I saw value. In other words, Steve. How do you take like Sean's information there specifically as it relates to me for Thursday night and either use it or not? What would be your advice for any listener that finds that they're struggling in, in some certain area? Do you follow that and just stop betting on Thursday nights or do you say, you know what, this, this might flip. It's not statistically significant. Um, and all that could mean is maybe all of a sudden I'm going to start to, Start to have success on Thursday nights because this this streak can't continue. How do you treat that, Steve? You have to ask yourself the question, is there a reason that Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night football games would be more difficult to beat than games on daytime during Sunday? And I would add or comment that I think they are more difficult. And here's why, Ross. There are so many people that are professional handicappers selling their plays, and many of them very, very good. And so what happens? It's Thursday night, it's Sunday night, and it's Monday night. So especially Thursday night and Monday night football, there's a lot of pressure on us to try to find winners as a professional handicapper for our clients. Clients don't like it when we pass. So those games wind up getting analyzed and overanalyzed by some of the best minds in the business and it's very rare that a line on a Thursday night or a Monday night, other than a big public um, favorite, that they're ever off by very much. So I would argue those two games probably are the hardest games to beat 
in terms of the NFL side and total versus a little under the radar uh, Tennessee against Jacksonville Sunday morning game where if there's bad weather or there's some other things going on, that could certainly fly under the radar. So I'm not surprised by the results. How have I resolved this as a professional handicapper? I can tell you so often on a Thursday or Monday night, I am playing a proposition better too on that game where there's greater value than trying to find the winner for that game. Okay, but if I find out during the season I'm I'm stinking up the joint on Thursday night, does that mean even if I feel good in the next game about a pick, I don't bet it just because I stink on Thursday night, or do I bet it? I would bet it for one unit if you really liked it. I would look at the data and say, boy, for whatever reason, small sample, but I'm struggling on Thursday night. I'm not going to make any big bets on Thursday night till I turn this around. I like it. All right, Sean, let's get into some of the other observations that were so interesting from this. we got to have you on more often, by the way. We'll figure out a time that is a little bit better than 3.25 a.m. Pacific, but uh, a.m. Australian time. So uh, the best bet that we had this year and for for you to think, to to look at, is essentially – Steve's teasers, right? When he teases two teams down, you know, that's that's the greatest success. Is that fair, Sean? Yeah, uh, that was definitely. I mean, again, it's a smaller sample size than just bets on the line or a points total. But I mean, from that, clearly it it came ahead. So, sixty-seven percent strike rate. So basically, two out of every three of them were correct, and had all the Super Bowl props actually being official plays as well, that, that would have skyrocketed even higher with, I think it was four out of five or five out of six of those hit as well. And I, from my own betting this year, when I followed uh, some of the picks, the teasers and and especially those prop bets in the Super Bowl was where I ended up making a lot of profit um, once they started showing pretty consistent um, wins. And the only time to avoid it seemed to be whenever you jumped on board, Ross, because the a couple of times you jumped on with Steve on those, they lost every single time. So I made sure I avoided when, when you jumped on with Steve for those. Oh, no, I know. I, I Once I figured out and I learned more about teasers and the parlays and stuff, and I was like, all right, I'm on board. That was the kiss of death for, for, for Steve's teasers. <laughs> yeah. I was just the kiss of death all year. It was unbelievable. Everyone that's new to this podcast, go back and listen to every episode of 2017. I was awesome, okay? I was <laughs> yeah. awesome in 2017. We have proof. Check the audio tapes or whatever. What else – Sean, do we need to talk about? We talked a little bit about primetime versus afternoon, my Thursday night. We talked about Steve's teasers. What else from this data do we absolutely need to discuss or mention that maybe I'm missing? Well, I thought it was pretty pleasing that when I went back and looked at just uh, when when either of you had a lean towards one way or another, that you know it probably was appropriate because your success rate with those is a little bit lower, so you probably are making the right decision to – to err with those bets but i uh, i think probably some of the key things i found and, and is um and, and how i ended up uh following you guys I, I ended up making a profit for the season particularly by looking at some of these trends so the one of the actual what even came out better than steve's teasers and props was when you looked at when steve bet purely on the under for a match so that ended up coming up a strike rate of so 69% of the time Steve got those correct when he bet 
just on the under. And so it was, it really helped me. And then when, when I went back and looked at the data, it showed that from the lines at the, when the, the pod was released, obviously they move a bit before kickoff, but the under came in 53.8% of the time this season, whereas the over was about 44.5% and, and we pushed 1.5% of the time. So that combined with, with Steve's success on points total bets and then with the under coming in so much more frequently, um, I ended up jumping on those with Steve every every time he bet an under and it was it was very, very successful for me. I, th- I think he ended up having 11 wins for five losses on under bets only. So that was one I really jumped on and, and was really successful with. I like it. Steve, you've now looked at the whole document. Uh, first of all, how about some kudos for our guy, Sean? And second of all, what else, have, what else do you take from it? And what else is significant and provides value for you moving forward? Well, it wasn't surprising to me that I did the best in the areas where the limits are lower on the props and on the totals. I did want to ask Sean that are there, I'm sure there are independent books in Australia that deal the NFL, and was he not able frequently, if there are, to get higher totals than at, on some of the major books? Because think about it, the betting public, I think, in Australia, I would imagine loves to bet overs, right, Sean? So you probably got some great rogue value, if I'm correct, on some unders? Yes, that's that's correct as well. It, it wasn't generally it wasn't too hard. I, I only bet with, with two major books, um, but generally I could find one line more favorable, uh, one points total more favorable than the other, depending which um, book I bet with. And and you're right, people love the over, especially like I said, NFL is not the greatest, but the greatest thing that ever happened in the NFL, according to most Australian media, was um, the Rams versus Chiefs when we had so many points and everyone thought, that's great. And so after that, people just jumped on the over. They thought there was going to be 100 points every single game. So there was always value to be found in under bets. Sean, cannot thank you enough. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, just the Rams, especially when Cooper Cup went down and Gurley wasn't 100% and Goff started losing his confidence, his play action not working as well. That's a great example of, a team that's like hitting all these overs and that's what everyone remembers, but has a fundamental change and a new deficiency in their offense really helped the Rams unders. It's a great point. Sean, you're the man. Thank you so much for getting up early. If people want to follow you, are are you anywhere on social media, Sean, or they just have to hit you up over at tuckheads.com? Yes, I I am on Twitter, but I, I don't tweet too much. I use it mainly as a news source. But um, the best place is to come over to Tuckheads. And I, I know you mention every day, but as an actual Tuckhead, I can confirm that you, you are on there every day and, and we are chatting every day. So, you know, it, it really is worthwhile for people, especially those like me in, you know, a country where the NFL isn't the main sport. It's a great place to be able to talk to other fans and, and it, it really helps you become a better NFL fan. You learn so much. So funny. I mean, who would have thought when I started uh, a podcast that I'd be talking to a guy in Australia that listens and and keeps track of my crappy bets from this season. But next year is a whole new year. Sean, thanks so much for coming on the show and for getting up so early. You are amazing. This document, the whole year, our chats on Tuckheads coming on the show. Thank you so much.
Yeah, not a problem. I, I really appreciate you having me, Ross. How cool was that, Steve? That was amazing. It really was, and I would love to be able to spend a week in Australia comparing the lines that are being dealt on American sports there versus here in Nevada. That's a good point. Are, are the lines different, and are, or would you be able to to bet offline? You know, bet international like that? Can you bet NFL lines in Australia? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, I don't know, but Sean said that apparently you could, and. Remember, they're just trying to balance their action. I can tell you just driving 90 miles up I-15 to Mesquite, which has an independent book, they have their lines skewed. So if I'm, not, if I'm an hour and a half from Vegas and their lines skewed there, imagine what they must look like in Sydney. Absolutely incredible. Um, I did want to ask you, Steve, I wrote a story this week uh, for The Athletic about how much I love the AAF for so many reasons, and we talked about it a little bit last week. Now that we're two games in, and you've seen the teams, you've seen the players, we've seen the scoring or lack thereof in some games, any trend, you know, we're not going to break down every game and pick every game or whatever, but any AAF trends that you're seeing that you think are actionable? Yes, two trends that I would look towards. One is the unders are 6-2. and two. And I think that, that, that makes sense to me. Where We just talked about how unders oftentimes offer the value in football betting. And here's a situation where there just aren't very many good quarterbacks. Um, Logan Woodside is good. Gilbert is good. Um, but for the most part, you've got the Christian Hackenbergs of the world um, that are struggling. And if you have a struggling quarterback, you're going to struggle to score even with some favorable rules where you can't blitz. So I would continue to look towards unders rather than overs. Further, the home teams are now 6-2 and two against the spread, and I don't think that that's just an accident. This 35-second clock, and I did want to ask you about this, Ross, it's a lot harder to play on the road than to play at home. You get the familiarity at home, and you don't have to worry about as much the crowd noise. I think the 35-second clock is rushing the offenses, especially the road teams, and it's hurting their efficiency greatly. Um, your thoughts on that hurting the road team more than the home team? Well, we talked about that a little bit last week. I guess my only thought there, though, was it doesn't seem to be that much crowd noise so far. Other than at San Antonio, I, I'm not sure the crowd noise is that much of a factor. Um, but who knows? I don't know how they're traveling to these games. You know, it's probably not charter flights. They, maybe they're not staying at the best hotels. Who knows, right? I mean, there could be a lot of factors for why the road teams haven't been as good. But uh, I don't think it's the crowd noise other than maybe San Antonio. It hasn't seemed all that loud to me that it would be a factor. But who knows? Um, Good question, though. And I guess I may be biased because I just happened to have watched two of the San Antonio games, and I would uh, venture that they probably have the, the best home field crowd noise in the league right now. Steve, fantastic work. I was hoping that that would be exactly what it ended up being, which is to say highly informative and entertaining on a bunch of different levels. Now we can take some of those lessons learned and some of the answers to emails and some of the AAF thoughts 
and go directly to betonline.ag. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go directly to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code PODCAST1 so you get that 50% sign-up bonus today. That's the key. PODCAST1. Use that code over at betonline.ag. You get the welcome bonus. You bet on AAF. Maybe you bet on NBA, college hoops, whatever you want. Just make sure you're using that promo code before you bet over at betonline.ag. Can't tell you how much we appreciate those of you that give us the Apple Podcast rating and review. That's huge for us. Also, subscribing. If you're not already a subscriber, that helps us as well. And I already mentioned earlier the social media stuff, at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram. And the channel's handle is at RTF Podcast. Uh, good luck, everybody. If you bet on something this week, which you should, I hope you win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years, only now you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm.